1: Well, welcome back as we head into Hour 3. Very, uh, very delighted and happy to have uh, Congressman John Shattig in studio with us. No one better to end the day with than John. He is a former congressman, as I mentioned, representing the old uh, 4th Congressional District here in Arizona for 16 years in Congress, part of the 1994 Revolution. And he is now the head of Shattuck Associates, and we close most Wednesdays with him. He's got a lot on his mind today based on uh, our ex parte communications. He's thinking (laughs) social contract. He's thinking uh, corruption. Um, You're someone who – Men's Rea. Men's Rea. Cienter. He's someone who – when you were in the House of Representatives, you did a lot of investigations. You conducted a lot of investigative hearings, part of them. And uh, we're in an interesting time now. Uh, I played the audio yesterday for Ted Cruz from Ted Cruz grilling the deputy director of the FBI, who simply would not admit that there's an investigation into corruption uh, of of Burisma officials buying off the Bidens when he was vice president and his son was still a, the son of a vice president. Um, Christopher Ray won't provide uh, any of the relevant information, and we have credible authority, a senator. A senior United States senator in Chuck Grassley who stood on the Senate floor and said he has heard the audio tapes, uh, 17 of them, of uh, the uh, director of Burisma talking uh, about uh, financial payments in the millions of dollars, $10 million total to Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And we have Joe Biden at the Council of Foreign Relations bragging about – Firing a investigative prosecutor in Ukraine who was investigating that very company, Burisma. John Shattuck, we think of blind justice, we think of equal justice under law, we think of nobody above the law. We have to rethink these things, don't we?
2: We either have to rethink them or they were not what we thought they were when we were taking... uh, high school and even grade school civics. Um, I think everyone in America is kind of bewildered, or at least everyone who's thinking about these things is bewildered right now. Um, first of all, let's go back on a factual question. Did um, Senator Grassley say he had heard the tapes or that he ha- was aware of tapes?
1: Uh, I'll double check while you, while you go on.
2: I, I think no. I don't know of anyone – who has heard the tapes, but I'd like to know that because I am deeply worried that the tapes are going to disappear. Okay. Uh, I think anyone who desperately wants to protect uh, the president or, for that matter, desperately wants to protect the power of the Democratic Party would, uh, to use a phrase, uh, kill Mm -hmm. to get those tapes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you have to ask yourself, um, why does not, the highest law enforcement officer of the nation when confronted information that the sitting president was a participant in a bribery scheme from an informant who has proven to be very reliable in the past and been paid six figures for presumably reliable information in the past. Why does that officer not have a duty uh, to go get those tapes Uh, and to find out if they exist and what they say. Uh, so that's one question.
1: Second, by the way, I think you're right. He said he had the evidence that I don't think he said he heard them. I think you're right on that.
2: And that's what scares me. You know, um, I think there could be people in the world today trying to figure out how to find those tapes and destroy them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes, uh, witnesses no longer become available right Uh, i think we had a recent incident where a a a criminal uh, a a criminal let's just stop it at that uh, um, became no longer available allegedly as a result of a suicide who had all kinds of famous friends yeah and if you want to believe it was a suicide more power to you uh, I find it very, very hard to believe that it was a suicide.
1: Coincidentally, all the cameras were off. The there guards go, were eating yeah. their lunch or changing duty. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, he'd
2: m- been moved to a different right, cell. Right. You know, uh, in a, uh, it's yeah. just you know, it, it just a lot.
1: A lot of interesting little pegs and, fell into the right holes at the right moment. Yeah.
2: And if there were ever a motivation to destroy evidence, right. uh, in that case, it was perhaps his testimony. In this case, it could be the testimony of the individual alleged to have bribed the then vice president. Maybe he disappears, but but evidence which exceeds testimony is hard evidence. You know, an actual tape with the president's vice, the then vice president's voice on it saying, yeah, I agree to this arrangement. Uh, and, And when the American people are being asked, for example, at their at that very moment to fund a very expensive war in that country, And perhaps the passion of the president to fund that war, I happen to support that war. I don't think we can allow Russia to crush its neighbors uh, because it has nuclear weapons, or for that matter, to just seize its neighbor's lands for any reason. I believe we believe in a world governed by the rule of law, not a world governed by who has the greatest force. Uh, so I think we should be uh, funding that war. And and I hope we are able to end it as quickly as possible. And I think we should be working harder to end it than we are. But nonetheless, I support the effort to enable the people of Ukraine to defend themselves. But but what is the president's motion um, or, or motivation? Is he doing it because he thinks like I do? Or is he doing it because there's some pressure the American people don't know about? And Christopher Ray gets to just say, hey, it's my choice. I'll redact what I feel like redacting uh, or I won't go get evidence, uh, the existence of which has been brought to my attention. What about the concealment for at least a year of the Hunter Biden laptop? I mean, it was how long have,
1: have they had the uh, the evidence on Hunter Biden and the lying on a federal gun form and his taxes? At least two years. A- absolutely, that's that's an investigation that could take five days, John. And it really could take five. Could days. Could have
2: taken five days. Uh, we've heard prosecutors say they could have done it in five days, yeah. uh, and and here we are, five years down the road, and nothing happens. I mean, I, I mean, I want to believe in America and in the integrity of our government, and I want to believe we are not a uh, third world uh, dictator, dictatorship, or uh, 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 or that we routinely betray the principles on which we claim to stand. But the evidence isn't piling up that way. The evidence is piling up the other way. How do you excuse a government that says we're going to treat a category of people, Democrats? Hillary Clinton, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, all with kid gloves and at every opportunity, give them the benefit of the doubt. And we're going to retreat the other party uh, as harshly as we can possibly get away with and and retain the support of the people. I mean, the Declaration of Independence talks to these things uh, and it addresses the issue of abuse of power. And we were formed over that issue. The, the abuse of power by then a king. Uh, and it, you know, there is the evidence of abuse of power uh, or failure to even-handedly execute power uh, is just week after week, uh, incident after incident, again and again, stacking up. And that's where I got to the issue of the social contract. I mean, at what point? Do the people have a right to say the government has breached the social contract? Um, What is the remedy? The Constitution says or the Declaration of Independence raises the prospect that, you know, when in the course of human events, uh, it becomes necessary, then the people can act. Indeed, it says the people should act. And in this case, uh, okay, short of an armed rebellion, uh, how how long? Do the people have to continue to tolerate the government, uh, at least for all appearances, abusing its power by uh, not equally applying the law? So, you know, I don't know the answers to those questions, but they are troubling. And these incidents uh, uh, you know, occurring kind of at parallel uh, with the <laughs> indictment of the last president— and and for example uh the 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 government the same government that's indicted president trump for allegedly mishandling documents is doing nothing about the sitting president in the face of an allegation and it's just an allegation but so is the indictment of of him having been bribed
1: let me, uh, you, you put so much good on the table there. Let me take a quick commercial break and pursue some of these channels with you when we come back. John Shattuck is my guest, Congressman John Shattuck, head of and Associates. He and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Congressman John Shattuck is my guest today. Um, he is a uh, former congressman representing Old Arizona's 4th Congressional District. Um, you put a lot down in the first segment, John, and I want to chase it a little bit with you. There's one other institution that I'm very frustrated with, and I suppose Shakespeare says in Coriolanus, "Don't trouble the poor with begging." And I, uh, I, 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 want, I I'm very disappointed in the journalistic community because they, with reckless abandon, will rush to print classified inf- inf- intelligence. Uh, in 05, 06, they got Pulitzers for blowing anti-terrorism programs, three in particular, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, all of them, uh, in violation of the Espionage Act, I might add. Um, they have no problem leaking and printing anything that an anonymous source within the Department of Justice or the FBI sends to them when it comes to a Republican, particularly if his name is Donald Trump. And... One can argue back and forth the ethics and journalism of printing classified or leaked information. I've always thought it was a breach of law, but it, uh, I, I understand well the First Amendment arguments in their defense. I understand it. I don't, I don't agree with it, but I understand it. What I cannot understand is when you look at every First Amendment case or prior restraint case against the media or defamation case for that matter, they wrap themselves in the right under the First Amendment to doggedly pursue a story against the government wherever it will lead them, and that they have the First Amendment right in order to be a check on the government and to be a check on government power, to be a check on government corruption, to be a check on government overreach. And yet here we see them having opportunity after opportunity to chase down Merrick Garland, chase down Christopher Ray. Uh, Chase down any number of stories coming out of the FBI and Department of Justice. I would think a dogged reporter might like to know what Joe Biden and Merrick Garland discussed prior to the opening up of the investigation into Donald Trump. That seems like a story since especially the special prosecutor here, Jack, Jack, uh, Jack Smith reports directly to Merrick Garland. He's not an independent counsel. You've you've been through all that. He's a special counsel. He reports to Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland reports to Joe Biden. I would think that would be interesting. I think it would be an interesting story, especially when we consider the fact that Donald Trump's first impeachment was over the allegation that he was using government power to investigate a political opponent. Funny that, huh? huh. Pretty pretty interesting that point. So 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 I, I'm I'm a bit ticked off still about the journalist community that finds itself having the duty of not investigating the government but protecting the government when it's run by Democrats and uh, harming the government when it's run by Republicans or harming the Republicans any way they possibly can. I think that's a breach of of, of major ethics, probably not a breach of law. But I want people to understand that when something comes out of the New York Times these days or the Washington Post these days or the CNN these days, think of it as nothing more and nothing less than the press department of the DNC. The credibility there is shot, and they shot themselves in the head and in the foot over it. They shot themselves over it. The issue of law and one standard of justice, you know, my heart broke about six years ago. When one of the most decent patriotic Americans you would ever know, you probably represented her when you were in Congress. Um, had a friend who was uh, arrested and his house was raided by the FBI in a case that never, that just never should have happened. It just never should have happened. And she called me and said, you know, I grew up saying the the, you know, pledge of allegiance every day. I loved, I loved, I just, because it's harder today. It's harder to do that today. And this is what Ted Cruz was getting at yesterday when he was talking to the deputy director of the FBI. He says, every time he goes back home to Texas, People say, should we get rid of the FBI? Should we get rid of the FBI? And he's in the position of saying not yet because there are good people there who are doing good work trying to protect innocents from uh, abuse, torture, child slavery, child trafficking, drugs. But the idea that good patriotic American citizens want to get rid of one of the great institutions or legendary institutions of keeping us safe is where I think most Americans are beginning to go. And if the law is not seen as even, if there is not equal justice under law, if the law is not seen as fair, people are going to stop obeying the law. It's going to mean nothing. It's going to be rendered nugatory as as legitimate. And it seems to me there's a few a few. Ethical, ethical beats in every American's heart, still, even as divided as we are. And one of them is basic fairness. Yep. I think Americans care more about basic fairness than anything else. And they've seen it, not destroyed by the criminal element, but by the people who are supposed to be going after the criminal element. Anyway, a few thoughts in response. I,
2: I, I couldn't agree more. And I, and I don't think it is possible to overstate um, our concern. Um, I was thinking about it earlier today. The Democrats are fond of saying uh, they believe democracy itself is at risk. Right. And, they, and 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 I think today, as I came down, there was a news story uh, about uh, the latest poll, and it appears that the number two concern of the American people is, are we going to lose our democracy? And in that context, I have to say that earlier in the day, thinking about what Christopher Ray is doing in refusing to turn over to the people's representatives, evidence that he has in his possession, that's not classified uh, that the people, or at least their representatives deserve to see or know. I think there's kind of a, fundamental questions when the Democrats talk about a threat to democracy they talk about Republicans doing things they just don't like for example Republicans demanding election integrity and so they think if you ever question an election that's a threat to democracy and the, the truth of that of course is the opposite if you never question elections if you never examine them and ensure that they are being run Fairly, that's a much greater threat to election because there will be fraud if you never check to see that there isn't fraud. In this case, um, I, I have begun to think about the fact that without the populace accepting that the country actually abides by equal protection, that lady justice is in fact blindfolded and, um, And so that uh, the uh, the weakest among us with the least possible resources gets the same treatment as the richest and most powerful. If they believe that isn't true, which, by the way, in most foreign countries, they believe it isn't true. Then you have no democracy. I think I've talked on this show about interviewing cabbies when I'm writing with them in Washington. And they all say you say, what makes America different? They all say.
1: Uh, certainty of law. Yeah.
2: The equal certain, just, equal know. protection under the law.
1: Let, uh, me, let me take a break and cut back on that point with you. That's something I want to explore. Equal protection under the law. No one above the law. No one below the law. And that kind of statement that gets thrown around just a little bit too casually for my taste because it's untrue. John Shattig and I will be right back. Congressman John Shattuck is my guest, uh, head of Shattuck Associates. I'm sorry. Is it Shattuck Associates or Shattuck and Associates? I don't want to give the business to the wrong company. <laughs> Shattuck Associates. Shattuck Associates. I like that. You don't? Why add extra words, there right? You know. Yep. Like that. Um, Conservative in everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I like that. Good. Um, John, we were just talking on the break. You made a very good point I'd like to share with the audience about the way – the Christopher Rays and the Deputy Director of Bates at the FBI, and really all of law enforcement when they appear before an inquiry, uh, the way they respond to why we can't have access to this information. Um, you know, they embarrass themselves. They're embarrassing themselves and thus embarrassing the institutions. They're the public face of the institutions. Their answers are not only unsatisfactory, they don't make any sense. They make a mockery of an institution which... Was supposed to be above mockery, which we have spent investigation after investigation and given journalistic award after journalistic award to keeping it in its proper lane and doing the right thing, just the facts, ma'am. And uh, it's 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 not that that we as the republic as the democratic candidates like to say are an ex- existential threat to democracy. I think it's the political leadership of these institutions that are proving not only embarrassments to themselves but the real threats to democracy and breaking, among other things, that you've put, as you said, the social contract. But their answers make no sense. There's no reason they can't give this information out. And we know there's no reason because when it was Donald Trump, they did it all the time.
2: I think the American people uh, assume that things said or done in Washington are inherently – more credible, more substantive, done by more thoughtful people, and therefore there is this deference to Washington uh, to his credit, and I might get in trouble for mentioning it when I first got elected john Kyle said don't don 't fall for that." He said in his service in Congress, and he had, I had taken a seat he 'd been in for many years uh, when he moved up to the Senate, he said, lots of times the Congress is less professional." than the Arizona State Legislature, Mm -hmm. which was a shocking thing to learn. But yesterday's testimony uh, in the Congress by the deputy director of the FBI um, was yet one more nail in the coffin of the FBI's credibility, or at least the credibility of its Washington management. Mm -hmm. Uh, What he said was, well, the reason we can't just turn over the document, document, and he was responding to questions from Senator Cruz, I think. Ted Cruz, yeah. mm-hmm. was we're not sure we can protect the individual uh, I, that w- that we obtained this information or the individual the
1: confidential informant or source, confidential yeah, informant,
2: right. the source, but also the individual who had the tapes, right. which has to be the individual who bribed in the recent executive, yeah, yeah right. uh, bribed the president. Uh, well, first of all,
1: uh, you can't protect. <laughs> you can't protect. Oh my <laughs> Why would ever anyone go into witness protection? Well, inter- probably, states evidence? You know, yeah.
2: hundreds of thousands of people right. in, and it's on TV. And every in every, yeah. in every yeah. episode you watch, yeah. accepting uh, witness protection yeah. from the FBI, FBI and this guy yeah. on a national stage in a formal setting yeah. says, eh, "We ain't so good at it." You know, yeah. we couldn't <laughs> assure that he wouldn't get killed, but the. But beyond that, talking about they embarrassed themselves, um, Senator um, Cruz. Cruz had not said, turn it over without any redactions. Right. He had said, turn it over. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had never said, oh, by the way, we need to know the name of the person who would be in danger or we want the release of that individual's name. This guy just took the opportunity to say, Oh, we can't give you any shred of the document because I guess if we gave it to you, we'd have to give you the name of the individual. And oh, by the way, even though we're supposed to be good at protecting people, nobody should believe that. We actually can't protect people (laughs) so much for witness protection. He he looked foolish. I mean, uh, I said to you, a third grader could have given a better answer. That might be a standard John Shattuck exaggeration. But I think anybody who had taken civics could have given a better
1: explanation. It's good to be a Biden. Because it, no, it really is, because no. all you have to do if a scandal erupts around you is take one question from the press on it and dismiss it as malarkey, and then they just go away. It, it, it's an interesting, right? It's, right? It's, it's, it, all, all Biden has to say is that's malarkey. And the press says, OK, let's move on. we got to follow up on that one. Let's do it when we come right back. I'm Seth. He's John Shattuck, Shattuck Associates. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson show. I got John Shattuck's Irish up when I invoked the word malarkey, (laughs) if I'm pronouncing it correctly. But I was just simply making the point that it's good to be a Biden because all you have to do is take one question from one reporter in a press gaggle on a scandal and dismiss it as malarkey, and then they all go back to sleep.
2: Every politician would like to be treated like that. Wouldn't that be nice? I can
1: guarantee you,
2: during my 16 years of Congress, if I could have said to the reporters covering me... And one of them was a a woman that I built a good relationship with. She was very liberal, but I answered her questions honestly. And we came to had we deeply differed on philosophy, but she understood that I was a truth teller and I was going to tell her uh, the truth, whether it was good or bad. In this case, the only reason I Irish got up is uh, I, I could be wrong about this, but I don't think I am malarkey was not the first answer. <laughs> the first answer, if you if you think about it and you think about uh, Biden and his mental condition, the first answer could be dramatically more telling. Mm-hmm. And the reverse answer if, if you think about the allegation made by Mr. Comer and his colleagues, it is that this bribery scam or bribery scheme occurred and The way they have concealed it today was to have an incredibly complex interplay of 22 different LLCs and the money going back and forth and going back and forth and going back and forth and going back and forth. And 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 that enabled them to have two defenses. One is one was, in fact, the money never they they say the money never went to the president. Well, you know, if. The fact that the money doesn't go to the president, but it goes to his wife or his kids, or in this case, his grandkids, uh, that's enough for bribery, Uh, certainly in the minds of the people and certainly for impeachment. But the second thing is, look what they were setting up. And you got to think to yourself, well, if they were telling, they, his advisors were saying, if you ever get this allegation thrown in your face, just ask him where the money is, because that's why we figured it up. We set it up so the money was hidden. And so when... This question was yelled out, you know, are you worried about the allegation that you were bribed? What does he say? Where's the money? Which, of course, uh, had to be cringeworthy amongst his advisors because he wasn't supposed to say that. He was just supposed to know it.
1: He did say that. Didn't
2: he? <laughs> he did say it. Yeah. So he's of diminished capacity, theoretically. He's been told, don't worry, they'll never convict you because we've hidden the money. There's no money trail to you. Heck, we hid, we hid it by all these different comor ledges. Again, these are allegations that it went back and forth through all the LLCs and nobody will ever trace it. Oh, by the way, it'll take them 10 years to trace it and you'll be, at least be out of office if not gone. Uh, uh, so they've told him, don't worry, they'll never find the money. And they wanted him to know that but he sure as heck didn't want him to say it. But in his diminished skills, he misinterpreted their instructions. So the reporter says, "Are you worried about that?" And he reveals his defense: "Where's the money? Or show me the money."
1: <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, it's good to be Joe Biden no and to have the protections around it. Something that irks me has has for some time now. You grew up in a in a time as I did when democrats would often say in elections to republicans that we should not question their patriotism right you remember that yep and the phrase you invoked a couple segments ago was kind of interesting when you said democrats are routinely saying that republicans are a threat to democracy or an existential threat to democracy or a threat to the constitution or an existential threat to the constitution right what has happened here as a matter of political philosophy, I think, John, is um, in his first inaugural, Thomas Jefferson says every difference of opinion is not a difference of principle. We're all Federalists. We're all Republicans, the two parties. But that phrase was very important. Every difference of opinion is not a difference of principle. What it seems to me the Democrats have done is tried to create some kind of an opinion principle hierarchy because when they talk about us being a threat to the Constitution, you're absolutely right. It's about our policy choices they don't like our position on life or they don't like our position on illegal immigration or they don't like our position on energy or the Green New Deal or some such legitimate issue of debate. So what they do is they ratchet that up into a difference of principle. That is to say we are no longer small-D Democrats or small-R Republicans. They have they have, they have have violated – they have erased that distinction uh, between differences of opinion and differences of principle so that they can take the moral high ground of being the only ones who stand, unless you believe in their opinions, you don't stand for democracy and Republican forms of government. That's you what they're not, saying. You are not principled. Right, right, right. Um. That's 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 what they are doing. And so it's a short step from claiming Republicans are thus illegitimate, uh, illegitimate to participate in the opinion debates of our vibrant republic. It's a short step from there to think. Anything you do at the FBR with the levers of government is fair game to suppress Republicans.
2: Absolutely. That's, that's, um, that's all I'm trying to say. So I, I
1: think people don't understand the connection of what they have used to justify in their own heads why they can get away with what they get away with. So Peter
2: Strzok mm-hmm. uh, can believe he's entitled to his salary mm-hmm. and that he has earned it when he works around the clock to oust Donald J. Trump. Uh, because, after all, Trump's beliefs aren't principles. Those are the thoughts of a less-than-worthy person. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the thoughts of any given Democrat, uh, Joe Biden or you name it, uh, well, he's adhering to principles. And principles, of course, uh, are just those things of Democrats' uh, And therefore worthy or worthy by virtue of the fact that they can call them principles. What we believe in is not a principle or principles.
1: That's right. So when the chairman of the DNC can routinely say the Republican Party is a party of fascism and fear, so if we're fascists, maybe maybe, maybe we don't deserve the same constitutional norms and rights. Uh, That's its own debate. But the fact that they can put us into that categorization and get us – get the American people to believe the shibboleth or I suppose the the, the notion, Republican equals fascist, Republican equals racist, Republican equals grave threat to our constitution, existential threat to our democracy. Once you do that, anything goes. Absolutely. Anything goes. And right now that's what we're watching, anarchy, not from the people but from the Department of Justice. And the –
2: a most recent or recent couple of examples are Biden going before the I think it was ACLU and or not the ACLU, the NAACP and saying, well, if you elect Republicans, you know, they want to put you back in chains. Right. For which there is not a shred of evidence or <laughs> history validity. kind of
1: runs the other direction. Yeah, doesn't it? it does, yeah. actually.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. What is happening at the Department of Justice? Uh, it just should shock the American people. So does the Congress then need. A separate investigatory branch. I mean, right now, Mr. Comer can't get evidence right Right now. If if Mr. Comer wants to obtain the tapes, uh, wants to send some kind of agents to Ukraine and to find uh, whatever Ukrainian oligarch or whatever has the tapes allegedly. He has no ability to do that.
1: There's a congressional budget office. I'm running with the Shattuck idea. There needs to be a congressional justice office. Apparently so. John Shattuck, thank you, sir. My My pleasure. Glad to be here. Bless you. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. And we've got the problems with the economy, too. Stock market volatility, a possible recession coming, inflation, bank failures. Why Refi has an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. A portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like. With no surprises, you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it. Whatever you like with no loss of principle if you need your money back at any time. There are no fees in the secure collateralized portfolio from Y-Refi. Y-Refi is based here locally. I, like they, encourage you to stop by their offices. They're on Scottsdale Road in the 101. I've been there. And you won't get a sales pitch. No one's going to ask you to sign a thing. When you meet with the team at Y-Refi, you'll see why I like and trust them so much. And you can too. Y ReFi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return. That's right, a 10 and a quarter percent fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest the letter Y, then r e f y or call 888 yrefi 34, 888 yrefi 34. If you missed my monologue in the first hour, you can go back to uh, you can get it at 960thepatriot.com where we put. All our audio from all our shows and uh, free of charge to you. Listening to John Shattig over the course of the last hour and the um, shenanigans to put it no higher. If you wanted to put it higher, you might put uh, it uh, as impunity or lawlessness at the FBI. We didn't even touch the Trump indictment. Or the unfairness of it, which is really the essence of my monologue. But I close the monologue with a poem from Hilaire Belloc, Belloc, and it's the same conclusion. It's the same ending. It's the same moral, which is that little boys should not be given dangerous toys. These instruments of power are vast and immense that the government wields, vast and immense. And none of it should be taken casually or lightly. And they should not wield them casually and lightly. Most importantly, they shouldn't wield them partisanly. And when you continue to do that, you don't only invalidate and water down your own trust. You don't water down just the trust in the institutions. You water down the trust of the American people in everything in this firmament that we are governed under that has us respecting one another, that has us inclined to defend one another, that has us inclined to be fellow citizens. You can't lament divisiveness in this country and partisanship in this country while you wield the double-edged sword of partisanship and divisiveness at its sharpest edges. Little boys should not be given dangerous toys. I'm Seth Liebsen. God bless you all. David, thank you. Until tomorrow, class is dismissed.